0: My name is Father Dan Canberra and I'm a Marian of the Immaculate Conception, the religious community that operates the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And today I'd like to speak to you about St. Benedict Joseph Labre. St. Benedict Joseph Labre is one of those saints that uh, I guess you could say we don't want to emulate too clearly. You see, he spent most of his adult life as a beggar and a wanderer. An important reminder to us that there is no aspect of human life that God does not dignify by the blood, sweat and prayers of his saints. St. Benedict Joseph LaBray, as he began his life, certainly did not envision what would eventually be his real vocation. As a young man, he had an uncle who was a parish priest. And when he reached that age, when normally one would begin studies for the priesthood, he went to live with his uncle unfortunately the bubonic plague broke out at that time period and his uncle cared for the spiritual needs of the people in his town while he cared for their physical needs it was not an easy life and towards the end of the plague his uncle succumbed to the plague itself and died and this left Benedict Joseph on his own. Well, he was inspired by his uncle to seek a life of prayer and solitude. He attempted to join the Trappists, the Cistercians and the Carthusians, but each in their turn looked at him and felt that he wasn't physically strong enough. To live their life. And while he was given an opportunity to do so for a few months, it ultimately proved not the life for him. God was calling him to a different way of life. God was calling him to be a wanderer soul. And he was well suited to this. He started making pilgrimages to all the major shrines in France, and then to the shrine of St. James in Compostola, and then to the shrines in Italy. And when he got to Assisi, he became a third order Franciscan, a lay Franciscan. And this truly spurred him on to even greater acts Of charity and greater acts of teaching others our faith through teaching them prayers and hymns. Now the people he taught didn't sit in classrooms. They were essentially the street people of the day. They were the homeless of their time period. He lived the most of his last five years except for his annual pilgrimage to Our Lady of Loretto, he spent most of his last five years in the area near the Colosseum. And at the very end of his life, when he was still going out begging for food daily, he saw to it that all those who were sicker than him and incapable to go out begging always had enough. Some say that it was by his prayerful life that food was even multiplied on occasions. But however it was that he was able to provide for others, he did so. And he gave them the greatest privilege of all in encouraging them to join him in the 40-hour devotions to the Blessed Sacrament that were so common in that time period. He had a great devotion for Christ and the Blessed Sacrament and very frequently found himself spending hours in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. On more than a few occasions it is said that he either bilocated or even levitated in the midst of his prayer. But those extraordinary graces we might never really know firmly until we come to him in eternity. Well, one thing we can do is we can follow him in his example of loving God with his whole heart, mind, soul, and all his strength and his neighbors, his fellow homeless with all his heart. He gave them not just his wisdom, but he gave them more importantly, a deep and profound love for God. And it was precisely in that deep and profound love for God that at the very end of his life, he was taken into someone's home. And there he was prepared for his end, which came in less than one day. When finally his funeral was to be celebrated in Santa Maria a Monte, just a few blocks from the Colosseum, It is said that hundreds of bishops and priests turned out. And within a matter of the first few months after his death, over 136 miracles were attributed to him. Many of the people that received miraculous and spontaneous healings, received them not so much at his tomb, but rather in praying before the Blessed Sacrament in his example. And following his deep love for the Eucharist, they received the healing rays of Christ from the Eucharist into their very hearts. And filled with the same abiding love that he had for Christ in the Eucharist, they came to know God's love for them as perfectly as we can in this life. Saint Benedict Joseph basically owned only one book, a simple breviary that his uncle had given him. He owned a rosary and he owned a crucifix and he owned the clothing that he wore for most of his last five years of life, but he owned little else. But he oh, he was possessed by Jesus, and it was simply in being possessed by love itself that he found his meaning in life, and he found his way to eternal glory. May God bless you.